0: I'm Jeff Cook and I'm TJ Wilson, and this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly, I'm taking my time. All I like to talk is starting to run. I'm letting go, only letting go with strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. Hey, this is Jeff. In February of 2020, one of the last things TJ and I did together before COVID was to throw an epic Enneagram conference we called Liberation. In it, we elevated the Enneagram as a tool not only to see ourselves and our motives, but to see our obstacles and how to overcome them. We were very proud of this material, though we had to cancel all of our remaining 2020 events. Over the next few weeks, we will be releasing clips from that conference with the hope that not only you'll share it, but that we can begin creating our next touring event for 2022. Thank you, again, as always, for listening, and may all good things be yours. All right, so there is a fantastic book by C.S. Lewis, which you should all read, and it's called The Great Divorce. I'm going to read just a small passage from it about dragons There is a scene, and this is a heavenly scene. It's like these folks who are on the outside, the the, the edges of heaven. And one of them says, I saw coming toward us a ghost. Ghosts are people who are trying to be redeemed. Who carried something on his shoulder, like all the ghosts. He was unsubstantial. He wasn't quite real yet. But they differed from one another as smokes differ. Some had been whitish, some dark and oily. What sat on the shoulder was a little red lizard. It's a dragon. And it was twitching its tail like a whip and whispering things in his ear. So it's like this dark, oily character. And as we caught sight of him, he turned his head to the reptile with a snarl of impatience. Shut up, I tell you, he said. It wagged his tail and continued to whisper to him. He ceased snarling and presently began to smile, the dragon that is. So here's the, here's the picture. There's this oily man's lizard on his shoulder. An angel comes to him. The angel says, I have a big sword. Because I'm an angel. And if you would like, I can kill that lizard. I can kill the dragon, as it were. And the guy says, well, I don't think we're going to go that far. I mean, he is kind of a comfort at times. And he gives me some of the things that I really need and want. And they go back and forth and back and forth. It's really worth reading. This culminates in a moment where finally the man, the the oily spirit, uh, submits and says, I will allow you um, to kill it. For a moment, I could make out nothing distinctly. Then I saw between me and the nearest bush, unmistakably solid but growing every moment, solider the upper arm and the shoulder of a man, then brighter still, he's not a ghost, and stronger the legs and hands, the neck and golden head materialized while I watched. And if my tension had not wavered, I should have seen the actual completing of a man, an immense man naked, not much smaller than an angel. It continues, What distracted me was the fact that at the same moment, something seemed to be happening to the lizard. At first, I thought the operation had failed. So far from dying, the creature was still struggling, even growing bigger as it struggled. And as it grew, it changed. Its hinder parts grew rounder. The tail still flickering became a tail of hair that flickered suddenly What stood before me was the greatest stallion I had ever seen, silvery white with mane and tail of gold. It was smooth and shining, rippling with swells of flesh and muscle, whining and stamping with its hooves. At each stamp, the land shook and the trees dindled. I've never said the word dindled out loud. The new man, man, the new man-made man, no, the new made man turned and clapped the new horse's neck. It's... Nose his bright body, horse and master breathed each into each other's nostrils. Man turned from it, flung himself at the feet of the burning one, that's the angel, and embraced them. When he rose, I thought his face shone with tears, but it may have been only the liquid love and brightness. One cannot distinguish them in that country, which flowed from him. I had not long to think about it. "'Turning in his seat, he waved a farewell, then nudged the stallion with his heels. "'They were off before I knew well what was happening. "'There was riding if you like. "'I came out as quickly as I could from among the bushes to follow them with my eyes, "'but already they were only like a shooting star far off on the green plain "'and soon among the foothills of the mountains and the passage closed. "'Then, still like a star, I saw them winding up, scaling what seemed impossible steps.' And quicker every moment till near the dim brow of the landscape so high that I must strain my neck to see them. They vanished bright themselves into the rose brightness of the everlasting morning. It's a great image of this. Your primary desire is not meant to control you. It is meant to serve you. Our primary addiction are terrible masters. Yet they are wonderful servants if we direct them in the appropriate best possible ways. Our types are how we are fashioned. Our types, um, says Luther, we reflect the living God like the moon refracts the sun. It's all reactive, as it were. The light pours forth from us and refracts into the world. There is something about our types that has that quality to it because there are great goods about being a protective challenger, about being a peacemaker, about being an uh, improver, one who is a helper, one who is a motivating presence, one who is a romantic, an artist, one who's, who is an investigator and thinks hard thoughts, one who is loyal and the adventurer. All of these are good in and of themselves, You have something to offer everyone else. Here's one of the secrets to story. Stories are about a character who wants something and overcomes an obstacle in order to get it. When we overcome the obstacle, one of the things that begins to emerge is we realize the story was never about us. We thought it was about Luke Skywalker. It wasn't. He blows up the Death Star and frees everybody. Hiccup trains the dragon, and it frees his entire city. Bilbo overcomes his greed, defeats his dragon, and it frees the people of Lake Town and provides a home for the dwarves. Clarice overcomes her dragon, saving the princess, and yet saves the entire region and the country from fear. Although she does let Hannibal out, and so then more fear. But you need a sequel. That's how it goes. There is something about you. You have a superpower. And we say it all the time. But who you are not isn't interesting. And that is a mantra to internalize deeply. Who you're not isn't interesting. But who you are and what you want reflect how God has made you and how you reflect the living God. And so just to wrap up, um, we're going to quickly go through. This is what you bring to others, you bring to the world. When you get past your fear, it unleashes healthy people. And so eights, what do eights bring to the world?
1: Eights bring the voice for justice and stability of God.
0: There is something about the eight that ends up being that provider, defender, protector. Um, if you look at the bottom of the Enneagram types sheet, you'll see us saying that this personality is made to be heroic and magnanimous, to overflow in forgiveness and courage, to in fact be that magnanimous hero that all of us need in our lives. So eights, those are your marching orders that you target, get past fear, and that is the promised land. Uh, Nines, so what a nine bring?
1: Nines bring the peacemaking, reconciling passion of God.
0: There is that self-possessed, present, dynamic, goal-oriented side that nines embrace when they get past the fear of losing connection because now they are going to exert themselves into the world and bring that, um, I see all the angles and I am stout-hearted and I am serving out of that posture. What do ones bring?
1: Ones bring the perfecting zeal of God.
0: There's something about ones that strikes me that when they are healthy and get past their fear of being corrupted, where they become warm and they become wise and they become noble and they become composed and they actually become hope overflowing and quite sagacious, they become wise. Um, They become reservoirs of wisdom for the rest of us. And we need ones who embrace that world. Uh, Twos.
1: Twos show us the pursuing love of God.
0: Twos at their healthiest are thoughtful and joyous and gracious and humble. And because they aren't interested anymore in earning your affection, they are simply a reservoir of care to those around them. How about threes?
1: Threes have the motivating glory of God. There
0: is a authenticity. There is a benevolence. There is a self-accepting quality, and it is displayed in truth. And because they know who they are, and it's not about the gold stars anymore, they actually become that deeply motivating, you-can-do-it kind of person in our lives that we all need. uh, force. Show us the
1: pathos and appreciation of beauty in God.
0: Creative, redemptive, they can see pain moving. Um, they are a self renewing sort and they can reveal the kaleidoscopic spectrum of beauties all around us. Um, and as such, bring great value to those of us who are privileged enough to be around healthy fours. Fives.
1: Fives, the innovative wisdom and insight of God.
0: There is the clear-mindedness. Here is how this works. The data-driven, energetic, engaged personality. Un- uh, healthy fives are a delight to be around because of their ability to see all the things, communicate them in healthy ways, and actually lead the rest of us as they engage their bodies. Sixes.
1: The unfailing loyalty
0: of God. There is a self-reliant, grounded, I've gotten past all my fears, and now I have stability. And that comes with valiance that overflows. There is obviously a security in themselves, but that overflows in loyalty. And just this, the guardian is, is that, that, that bold, holy name given to them because they Are protecting the rest of us. Uh, Sevens.
1: Sevens show us the joy and the creative spirit of God.
0: Sober and yet joyful, grateful, gratitude that comes forth in the heart of sevens is a joy to watch. We call this sevens at their best, priests, Because what they do is they rip back the veil and they allow the light of heaven to shine into the rest of our lives. And healthy sevens lead and inspire and take us all on adventures that we all long to be on. Friends, you're the hero. You're the hero of the story. And what you want matters. Because what you want actually displays how you reflect the living God. And when you see it in your type and your type is elevated, it's not about you. It's about what you bring to all the rest of us. And everyone else in this room and in this city are counting on you to be your healthiest self because that's actually what the story is about. It's about us together refracting beauty and life and glory into the world for the sake of one another. And you have a dragon and that dragon is to be tamed. It's your primary motive. And that's both the obstacle, but that is also the ally And when you have an ally at your hand, man, you are beautiful. And you have been rescued, dare we say, you've been liberated. uh, Grace and peace be with you.
1: This concludes our series taken from our liberation conference. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that this material has helped you think a little more clearly about how you see the world. And we hope that we've helped you move forward on your path to being a more healthy, whatever your type is. Keep taming those dragons.
0: As always, you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. And if our work brings your life value, the best thing you can do is share our podcast with one person you care about. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are because that's where the gold is.